Welcome to the Big Picture Podcast, where we make sure you know there's more going on than you can see or hear. If this podcast episode helps you, would you consider leaving us a review on the app or platform you're using to listen? We appreciate it. And remember, we ain't woke, but we are certainly awake. And now, your host, Larry Ragland. This is something that I don't normally do. I'm going to share a message that I preached at my church, and I believe it's critical for every pastor, every leader, and every member of the church to hear this word. It's a hard word, but it's a word that I believe is a word for this moment, and that is straight talk from a shepherd. And uh, we want to expose the fact that there's a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing that's trying to pick off the sheep. So you need to have a church, you need to have a pastor. Some of you can't find a church, can't find a pastor, and I'm your pastor. I can promise you this, I'm going to protect you from the wolves here online as much as I can and praying that you find a pastor to have in person. If not, I'm honored to be your pastor. If you haven't smashed that like button, go ahead and smash that like button now. And throughout the program, we need you to smash that like button as well and share this broadcast and send this to your pastor, send it to minister friends, send it to your fellow brothers and sisters, that we will stay focused on what is going on in this moment because the enemy is trying to take out the body of Christ. We want to just say thank you so much to all of our partners that have joined here on YouTube for $5 a month. Some of you have gone to our website at LarryRagland.tv and have chose to become a monthly partner uh, anywhere from 10 up to $100 a month to help us with our television ministry. Uh, we thank you, thank you, thank you. So without further ado, let's get into this message and uh, comment in the live chat, comment in the, the comments below if you're watching the replay of this. And more than anything, hit the like button and share and tell others about this message. Have a teachable spirit. All right, let's get into it. Straight talk from a shepherd. Now, some of you don't have never heard this term, but this is sort of like a fireside chat. That's an old term back from during World War II and the president back before we had TV. People would sit around a radio. I know it sounds crazy, but they'd sit around a radio and they'd look at the radio. I mean, there's, there's just paintings of entire families gathering because all you had for, to hear from your leader was a radio. And they would call it fireside chats, and they would call it that for many reasons because it, it was believed that he was had the microphone sitting next to the fireplace in the White House. But people would sit around in their living room with their fireplace, and they would sit around this radio, mothers, fathers, and children, and they would look at this radio, and they would hear things about the war and hear things about the condition of the world from their president. It was called a fireside chat. It was a time that people set aside. It was a time that people worked all day long and knew at that time and that day nothing else was planned because they needed to hear from their leader. They needed to hear about what is really going on in the world. Can I get an amen? So this is a Holy Ghost fire chat. Oh, y'all didn't get that. There's a fire in here, but there's not a fireplace. We are sitting up next, I'm sitting next to somebody that's got fire sitting on top of their head, and you're about to hear from your leader about the condition of this world. If you're ready, shout, I'm ready. Now, it's all right, brother, take a break, take a break. Now watch this. 
I cannot believe this happened again. Oh, I believe it because it happened, but it's, it's wild to me that God does this with me. I got in the bed last night at almost 1 o'clock in the morning. This is typical for me on a Saturday night. I was exhausted. I mean, I hit, and my wife will probably tell you, I think I was probably asleep in 30 seconds flat, if, not, if, if even that long. I was gone in a deep sleep. Now, I don't remember what I was dreaming. I'll be honest with you, I don't remember. Because if I remember the dream when I wake up, then I know that was a spiritual dream. But there was a part of that dream, whatever it was, and it was probably something stupid, I heard God, like y'all know where I'm going. Wake up now. From a dead sleep, I heard it. I don't even remember what I was dreaming. Wake up now. And I promise you, do you have it? Fire it. I opened my eyes. I looked at my clock and I began to laugh. I laid there and I laughed. I was trying to get my phone, y'all. It was falling out. I hit the, the camera button. It went back to the home screen. I'm, I'm swiping up. I'm trying to get, I can barely see. I don't have my contacts, don't have my glasses. I'm realizing I don't know how far into 333 it is at this moment. It could be five seconds away from 334. I'm like, I have to take a picture of this because I knew what I was going to be dealing with today. And I knew how big of a moment this was. And I was able to get it. And I promise you probably 10, 15 seconds after I took that picture, it changed to 334. And I laid there and I just, I just laughed and I said, God, what in the world are you doing with me in my sleep? Now I got up and I prayed. And I realized, if you'll remember, oh, I feel God right now. When I showed you this before, it was 222 and then it was 444. And the next morning, it was 5.55. Now, thank God there's not 66 minutes, or I might be getting a 666. <laughs> but 3.33 was last night. Three is the number of unity. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, three in one. Spirit, soul, and body, three in one. So as I'm walking around my bedroom at like 337, 338, something like that, just thinking about it, trying to be quiet, I heard the Lord say, unity, unity, unity. See, you can't, sandwiched right in the middle of 222 and 444, which was double, un, double portion, you can't have the double portion if you're out of unity. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. You can't have double if you are in division. Double will do two things. It will be double of one thing or it will be two separate things. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Double of one thing is the double portion. 
Two, as in two different things, is not unity, that is division. Y'all taking it in, right? This is a series, now I know in a couple of weeks, I don't get to preach in a couple of weeks, but I will probably pick right back up on this in November. Straight Talk is the name of this message. Today is called Straight Talk from a Shepherd. Some of y'all can look at that graphic and sort of figure out where I'm going. There are sheep behind me. And there is, that's not Little Red Riding Hood. That is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Oh, it's getting quiet in here already. I can tell it's going to be good. The world is a dark world. And the world is getting darker. The world is getting darker. I'm going to talk to you today, tomorrow. I mean, not tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. But today and next week and the weeks to come until the Lord tells me I'm through with this series, I'm going to talk straight to you about what is actually happening according to Scripture in this world right now. Because when I stand before God, listen to me. This is what I told God. God, when I stand before God, the sheep that are chosen to let me be their shepherd will not be able to truthfully say to you that they did not know the truth of the moment. I will stand before God not hearing God say, you did it perfectly. But I am in pursuit of hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. When everybody else was trying to build a crowd, when everybody else was trying to be popular, when everybody else was trying to water down the message, well done, pastoring a church in a time and an environment where the opposite is what was quote-unquote successful. You held that microphone in your pulpit on a Sunday morning and you told your people the truth. What they did with it was on them. What you do with what you're going to hear for the next couple of weeks is on you. It will be easy to twist my words. It will be easy to think that I'm implying something that I'm not implying. You need to let the Holy Spirit take over your spiritual ears so that you can hear. Remember when Jesus say, if you have ears to hear, those that have ears to hear, let them hear. That just sounds crazy if you don't understand what he's meaning. He's not meaning you need to use your ears to hear. He was speaking to the humanity. Listen, you know how your ears work. But if you have ears to hear, that means you're a human being and you're hearing what I'm saying. But I need you to hear something that goes beyond your natural ears. I need you to get something on the depths of who you are in your heart. I need something to be written on the flesh of your heart. You with me, church? Somebody messaged on one of my TV shows that we, it was one of our services. They said, great message, but I have to ask you a question. Why do you always scream everything? Do you ever just talk to your church? Do you have to scream everything you say? Sometimes I talk. Yeah, when I talk. You know it's really deep when I slow down and say, now listen to me. No. So watch this. This is called straight talk from a shepherd. 
Say it out loud. Straight talk from a what? From a shepherd. Now, who is the ultimate shepherd? Jesus. Jesus is our shepherd. Jesus is our example. Amen? Remember, I've said it before. I'll say it again for those who have never heard this and for those who have heard it. Let them hear what I'm saying. Jesus, while he was on this earth, everything between the virgin birth and the death, burial, and resurrection, everything in the middle, he did 100% as a man who happened to be God, not as God who happened to be man. Because if he had done one thing as a human being here on this earth while he was walking as a human being, as God and not as a man, then we would not know what we could do and what we couldn't do. But everything he did, he said, all these things you see me do, I can do, but you can do them also. Greater, I, you know, I, I feel the Holy Spirit checking me saying, you know, if, he, if we can't forgive sins, okay? We understand that, right? So when he said he forgives sins, we can't forgive sins. But, but you understand what I mean. Blinded eyes opening, lame walking, dead being raised. Are y'all hearing me? All those things he said, these things you can do too. And greater shall you do if I go to my Father, meaning the power of the Holy Ghost will be released to you. So when he talked about a shepherd, he was not necessarily just saying, this only, it ultimately applies to me. This, this 100% applies to him. This is about him, what I'm about to read to you. But there are principles of the shepherd, even though it's talking about him, that is implemented in the shepherds of the house that he sets in place. Go back and read Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four is not in my notes, but it says this, he gave gifts, Jesus, he gave gifts unto men. And so there's the gifts. What is the gift of the Father? The gift of the Father is Jesus. Every every part of the Trinity gave gifts. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So the gift of the father was Jesus. We know what the gifts of the spirit are in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the tongues, interpretation, prophecy, healing, miracles. Y'all know what I'm talking about, the gifts of the spirit. So there are the gifts of the spirit and then there are the gifts, the gift of Jesus, the gift of the father was Jesus. But what are the gifts of Jesus? The gifts of Jesus are mentioned in Ephesians chapter four. It says, what is it but that he that ascended is also he that first, but first descended into the lower parts of the earth, made an open show of the devil. And we all know who that is. His name is Jesus, right? I'm teach preaching this morning. Y'all with me? He said, and then right after that, ascended, but also descended first in the lower parts of the earth, right after that. And he gave gifts unto men. And this is what he gave, namely apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Now, do you understand the saints and the sheep are one in the same? So, so do you understand when you read the gifts are for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, these gifts are for the equipping of the sheep. So the shepherd, I know pastor means shepherd. Pastor is the word poimen, which it means shepherd. Literally, what pastor means is shepherd. So when a church has a pastor, that means that one of the fivefold ministry gifts that was given to that church to equip the saints, to equip the sheep, is the gift of a shepherd. And I mean, you can't give what you don't have. So all of the fivefold ministry gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, he can give those gifts because he operated in all five of them. 
You can read during the three and a half years of his ministry, you can see the apostolic in him, which means the sending. You can see the prophetic in him when he began to prophesy of end times and prophesy over people's lives. You can see the evangelistic in him when he loves the lost and goes after the lost and goes after the harvest. You can see the shepherd, the pastor in him, and certainly you can see the teacher in him. All fivefold ministry gifts operated within one man, Jesus. So therefore, he couldn't give us just his power because no human being can operate in that power because we have it with measure. The Bible said he has it without measure. So he measured it out and took himself and split his office and his anointing into five different offices. It says each one of them has specific operations. And I have anointed each of them to operate in them under my authority and to follow my example. So if he set a pastor in, in the house, he wants that pastor to follow his pastoral leadership. Woo! Oh, I'm messing with some devils, I can tell. Here we go. There is a huge deficit. I'm gonna just read some of this stuff that I got on a download. There is a huge deficit of shepherds. Not everybody that's got a microphone is a shepherd. And by the way, not everybody whose name is on the sign following after the word pastor is a pastor. Mm. Now, let me show you the power of a shepherd. And for my intercessors, if you hadn't already felt the demons in here, then maybe you're not an intercessor. Because intercessors can tell Demons know where I'm going because they were in my office when I was putting this together. They've seen my notes. Are y'all hearing me? The greatest natural king in Israel's history, the greatest natural human non-God king in the history of Israel was who? David. It's known as the city of David, right? Jerusalem. The Bible tells us that David shall reign with and lead a major part of eternity alongside Jesus. Not equal with Jesus, but he's going to have a special place in eternity. David. But what was he before he was a king? Shepherd. Where was he found when the prophet came to anoint him as the next king? In the field with the sheep. The most famous Psalm regarding a shepherd was written by a shepherd because only a shepherd could write Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He looks at his sheep and he says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Huh? He restoreth my soul. Come on, y'all hear me. See, he was looking at God and saying, what I long to do for these sheep, these are animals, but I love them. But God, you've put me in a position and a role in my life and I can now see it's not just because I love these animals, it's not just because I love what I do, it's to teach me about you. So the greatest king in Israel's history was a shepherd. And of course, the king of kings and the Lord of lords is the chief shepherd. 
There is a difference. Stay with me. Some of you are going to take notes. Hadn't said this in a while because all great leaders. There is a difference between shepherds and hirelings, employees, preachers. Do you have a pastor or a preacher? Now, preaching is not a bad thing. Preaching is a good thing. The Bible says you can't, they can't believe in what they have not heard, and how can they hear without a preacher? Preaching, I'm not saying preaching is a bad thing, but when you hear somebody say, you say, where you go to church? And they tell you, well, who's your pastor? Well, right now, our preacher is. What that means is, right now, the, the headquarters sent us Billy Bob. Right? Billy Bob has no freedom to shepherd. Because the reality is this, it's not been given from the sheep and at the back of his mind, he's really not even coming in this Americanized, westernized version of the church. He's not even coming in as a shepherd. He's coming in finding a stepping stool to a bigger church, to a bigger crowd, to a better retirement. Is this microphone working? The first sign of trouble with the sheep, headquarters, I got up this morning and I just felt the Lord telling me that it is time, that the Lord just put something in my, I just uh, been feeling it for a while and I just feel like the Lord is telling me it's time for me to move on. I've, I've done what I need to do here. Now I'm not saying that God cannot do that. I am just saying that God ain't doing it that much. My preacher, Brother Jerry. We've been raised up in it, Sonia. You know what I'm talking about. We've seen it. When you understand spiritual fathers and mothers and the lack of spiritual fathers and mothers, is it any wonder that the church is in the mess they're in? Some folk been in church for 20 years and done had 10 baby daddies. Some of y'all was raised in a house to where mama brought a new man home every two or three weeks and then you, he's up in the morning making eggs and you're looking at, who is this dude in my house? And your mama said, this is your new daddy. You have no idea how that scars a child. The church has been scarred by pulpit placements. Instead of pastors. Hirelings run when the wolves show up. Shepherds grab a slingshot. Shepherds grab a sword. Shepherds grab a gun. Shepherd runs after the wolf. A shepherd doesn't run from the wolf. A shepherd runs to the wolf. David ripped a lion's mouth open. David killed a pair. See, we always won't talk about Goliath, but there would have never been a Goliath if there wouldn't have been a bear. There'd have never been a Goliath if he wouldn't have killed the lion when he was a shepherd. He was not intimidated by Goliath. He had pulled one of his sheep out of the mouth of a lion. That's a shepherd. Shepherds protect their flock. Hirelings or wolves eat their flock. They're not there just to, to get a job. They're there 
to win the trust of the sheep and allow the sheep to begin to think that he's one of them and that he really cares about their well-being only in their most vulnerable moment to eat them and devour them. Ooh, this microphone's working good this morning, I can tell. See, shepherds understand who their sheep are. Hirelings always have their eyes on the next pasture. Oh, and by the way, I'm not a pasture, I'm a pastor. I have been called a pasture so many times. I don't know, that's, that's, where we, that's where we live, in the pasture. I'm the pastor of the pasture. Shepherds are married to their flock. Hirelings are married to the title. Selah. Oh, and by the way, it was a shepherd that wrote the word Selah. Pause and think on this. I remember the day, it's hard for me to talk about, but I remember the day in the hay barn when I was in the middle and I covered to some extent in my book to where I was done with pastoring. I was already checked out in my mind. I'd been hurt by so many people. My family had been devastated by the words and the actions of people. I was done. I was having success in the business world. I was being affirmed. My gift was being affirmed. I would come to my church and people were not appreciating anything and that flesh was just eating away at me. I was in my little cubby hole of an office one morning and I could just feel, and some of you can know what I'm talking about, I could feel darkness coming in that room on me. I could feel it. It was like a real weightiness, but it wasn't the weightiness of the glory. It was like my mind just started going crazy. My body started tingling. I was in that room by myself, and I leaned back in my chair, and I just put my head back, and I felt the devil and demons just coming on me. And I heard God say at the last minute in an audible voice to me, son, you are minutes away from a nervous breakdown. It's about to happen right now. You need to make a decision on what you're going to do with your life. Are you going to go in the business world or are you going to be a pastor? Are you going to do what I tell you to do? But either way, either way, there'll still be a, an element of blessing on your life because I know you love me, but I can stop it right now. So I'm not going to tell the whole story, but some things happened between me and God that day, and I got up, and some of you were in our church, a handful of you were in our church that day, and you'll remember this, it'll take you back. I came out that day, and I told everyone what God had just told me, and that I was this close to a nervous breakdown, and I was ready to leave. I said, but today, we're going to stand up, and we're going to have a marriage. And we said marital vows to each other. And we married each other. And I said, I don't know what the future holds for me or for you, but I can tell you this. I will fight for this congregation and stay with this congregation the way I will fight for my wife and stay with my wife.
because you are the bride of Christ. You're not my bride, but I've been called to shepherd you, and I am not going anywhere. You can know this. There may be a time one day that someone else helps me, takes me, gives me an opportunity to do other things, or who knows, I may be gone tomorrow. Thank God we got a church that's strong enough that will go on without me. I believe that. Can I get an amen? Do you not want to have a church that would go on without me? But 29 years I've been married to this congregation and the honeymoon is not over. In fact, I feel a rekindling of the romance. Oh, look at your neighbor and tell him, you're looking pretty. Be careful. Maybe no, you don't need to say that. Don't need to say that. No, no, no. Because it might be a little awkward. Now, for those that say, well, if you're a pastor, you ain't even read the word of God yet. Here we go. Are you in John chapter 10? Verse 1. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door is the shepherd. By the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now listen. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And he, when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, the stranger. For they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things of which he spoke to them. Now, as I said at the beginning, this is 100% talking about Jesus. Amen? He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father but by him. He is the shepherd of the sheep. But he gave them an example because he knew they understood a shepherd. They understood how sheep and shepherds and gatekeepers and doorkeepers work and sheepfolds work. So he was teaching about himself, but he was also teaching us the process of shepherding, teaching us the mindset of sheep. Are you with me, church? There is only one correct door to enter the sheepfold. The door is actually a gate. It's not a door. It's not a big build. It's not a barn. The, sheep, the sheepfold was basically a, 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 a rough opening in a pasture that might have some stones stacked up on each other, some poles stacked up with some string or twine between them or whatever, just something to where during the day the sheep could wander in the pasture and at night so that they could watch them, they would come in and corral them in something. If you go back and you, and you look at uh, ancient times, you could see these little stone walls about this tall all the way around where a, where a man could jump over, uh, but they'd be high enough to keep the sheep inside it. That was known as the sheepfold. Are you with me? There was only one way into that. There was not two or three entrances. There was one way in. And when the, when the gate was open, all of them came in. When the gate was open again, they all went out. 
During the day, the shepherd would take his flock to graze. At night, the shepherds took the sheep to the sheepfold, a walled structure topped with briars to protect the sheep from thieves and animals. It wasn't just to keep them in there. It was to keep the wolves and the, the creatures that wanted to eat them out while they were sleeping. Are you hearing me? The gate was the sheepfold's only proper entryway, and a guardian kept watch there to keep trespassers and strangers from getting in. Do you understand it wasn't a sheep that watched the sheep gate? It was a person that was submitted to the authority of the shepherd. Are y'all hearing me? Many different flocks, y'all know where I'm going already, some of y'all. Many different flocks would often, oh, this, this is going to get deep, y'all ain't going to be able to handle this. This is, I'm reading from historical documents that I read when I was studying sheepfold. It says, many different flocks in Bible times would often spend the night in the same sheepfold. But the sheep that spent the night in another man's sheepfold never stayed there. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Do you understand that if you, I've always said this, and I'm gonna say it again. I don't ever want you to think that I don't want you to visit other churches when they're having a service. But if this is your church, you should be here on Sunday morning, by the way. You don't visit other churches when, when you've got a pastor, you got a church, unless it's a family event and they've asked you to come see kid, some kid get baptized. You just don't visit another church on a Sunday morning if this is your house. But the reality is this. If you go to a revival, if you go to somewhere, and one night, two or three nights, you make a decision, this is the, the sheep you want to hang out with, can I tell you something? You was never really fully in this sheepfold. Or, oh, it's about to get really deep. Or you were, but you began to listen to strangers' voices. Now, another sheep might get mixed in with the other sheep, but it didn't matter if his master's voice, his shepherd came up to that sheepfold. It did not matter how good the conditions of that sheepfold was. He knew the voice of his shepherd. And this other shepherd speaking things is like, man, that's good, but that ain't my pastor. That's some good stuff, but that ain't my pastor. And when your pastor show, hey, thank you for watching my sheep, man. They really were blessed being with you. And all of a sudden, all right, guys, let's go. We got work to do. The people that are connected, to that, the sheep that are connected to that shepherd, as soon as that gate was over, they're like, man, we had a good time here, but this is not my sheepfold. I got people back home in that other sheepfold that's dependent on me to be there. Oh, I'm preaching good. I told y'all. I was going to slowly walk my way up there. Now watch this. Leaders, listen to me, leaders. Now I'm talking to you. Notice that the shepherd entered the door and the sheep followed the shepherd, but the shepherd did not open the door. And the shepherd did not guard the door. Because it's not the job of the shepherd to guard the door. Oh, it's the job of the shepherd to smell like sheep to be with the sheep, to take care of the sheep, to feed the sheep. 
He needs to know. I don't need to be worried about that door. I don't need to be worried about all those creatures out there because if I'm focused all the time on trying to put out fires and stop people from jumping this fence, then my sheep are gonna be neglected. I need some leaders that are buying into this sheepfold. My God, I wish I, I wish I held I need some, I need some, I need some gatekeepers that are buying into this sheepfold that are saying, let me tell you something. Daddy, you go take care of the sheep. We got watch tonight. You go take care of the sheep. Oh, we'll take care of them wolves. Is this microphone working good? Now, let me tell you something else about the doorkeeper. The doorkeeper, the guardian of the gate, the gatekeeper, does not open the gate to a stranger. No matter how good he looks, no matter how big his name is, if the shepherd didn't ask for him to come in and you let him in, you've let him in in rebellion because you've decided on your own that you know better for the sheep than the shepherd. Got too many gatekeepers that think they know better than the shepherd. Well, I told you it's called straight talk from a shepherd. Some of y'all going to be like, I can't wait for that gate to open and get out of here because I'm never coming back. For those that know me know, if you know me at all, and even if you're a first-time guest here and you're first time watching this, I hope that you can feel my heart is not arrogance. My heart is not building any kingdom, personal kingdom. My heart is to get the house in order. Now, the doorkeeper's job is to make sure the sheepfold are protected and positioned to hear from the shepherd when he calls. See, and here's the other thing that, jo that Jesus said about the shepherd. That when it's time to go, whew, boy, I'm going to crush. I'm going to stir some devils up now. When it's time to go, the, Jesus said the shepherd leads them out. I love you elders, but not the elders. I love you deacons, but not the deacons. I love you ministry team, prayer team, praise team. That ain't what he said. You're the gatekeepers, and God says the shepherd leads them out. Now, what does that mean? That doesn't mean that the shepherd's always going to be right. That means that when it's time to leave, leave the right way with the blessings of the shepherd. A true shepherd doesn't think that his sheep is always going to stay in his sheepfold. He's a pathetic shepherd if he's trying to keep everybody in the same house. He's not apostolic because apostolic is to sin. 
That's why we have a Bible college, because we want to send people. We know everybody's not going to stay at Solid Rock Church. Come on. I'm not preaching the sermon and saying, can't nobody leave Solid Rock Church. I'm just saying, if you leave Solid Rock Church, leave right. Are you hearing me? It is time, and I hope you share this with everybody in the world. Because I'm not ashamed of what I'm saying because everything I'm saying is biblical. It's not being said in hatred, it's being in anger, it's being said from the voice of a shepherd. So now it's time to talk about in my next 10 minutes what is meant by the voice of strangers. Now your pastor is not and should not, I want to say that again, should not be the only voice in your life. I don't want to be the only voice in your life. I don't have enough anointing and enough words out of my mouth to give you everything you need. Pastor Frank is my pastor, but he's not my only pastor. I have many voices that speak into my life. Your pastor should not be the only voice in your life. But your pastor should be the leading voice in your life. If another person's voice in your life, spiritually speaking, I'm not talking about financial advice. You don't want that from me. I promise you that. There are certain kinds of things that if you come to me with, I'm going to say, you're talking to the wrong man. I ain't got nothing for you. Now, I know some people that can speak in your life, but I'm talking about spiritually speaking as a sheep in the sheepfold. Nobody's voice outside of the sheepfold when it comes to the sheepfold should override the shepherd. In other words, nobody should ever be able to tell you about your church when they don't even go here. Is this microphone working good? Boy, I'm telling it like it is today, baby. I'm hitting them all. Ain't nobody got a right to talk about your pastor, your leadership, the elders, your praise team, the style of worship, whatever you got, and they ain't even in the sheepfold. They don't know nothing about this house. So stop listening to the mouth of somebody that don't know anything about what's going on inside the sheepfold. How about this? How about this, preacher? Let's make a deal. I won't talk about your sheepfold. You don't talk about mine. Because I ain't your shepherd. I ain't your people's shepherd. And you ain't mine, people's shepherd. Y'all going to be back next Sunday? Okay. Yes, I am. Next Sunday, part two is called Further Details on the Wolf. Now, it says, my sheep know my voice. I know he's talking about Jesus, not me. I know that. Know that. Know that. Know that. Know that. Have we established that? I'm absolutely aware of that. But what he's trying to say is sheep know the voice of their shepherd. He says, my sheep, which is all sheep of all denominations, all races, all nationalities, all backgrounds who have come through me, they're my sheep, and they all know my voice. Amen. 
Therefore, what I'm trying to teach you is use the natural to teach you spiritual principles. What he was really saying, what he's really saying was, as you all know, sheep know the voices of their shepherds. They don't listen to the voices of strangers. He was using that as an example. He would have probably got some people saying, yeah, yeah, we know exactly what you're talking about, yeah, because, because they understood how it worked. He's like, on another level is how it is for the body. All the people are my sheep that have come through me because I'm the door. And he says, if they come up another way, another way, what is the other way? It's not through the door. If they come in this house any other way than through the door, there is nothing good going to come of it. Their motives are not pure because they have done an end around the gatekeeper. Are y'all hearing me? They have done an end around the one that has bought into the sheepfold that is trying to protect the sheep. They found a way to climb over the briars to get in. And let me tell you something, they're not coming in with judgment, they're coming in with candy. They're coming in with honey. They're coming in with milk. They're coming in with everything that you want and need and love because they're, because they're disguised and they're pretending to know what you need and what you want. And they're playing your heartstrings, playing your emotions, playing your offense, playing your pride, playing your need for affirmation, play, playing every little thing, every little thing that you don't think you're getting from your shepherd. Oh, come on, I wish I had some help. You're getting everything from that one that came over the fence that you thought you were supposed to get from your shepherd that your shepherd ain't giving you. But Jesus said, they're a thief and a robber. Now, what does that really mean? For the same chapter says the thief that we quote all the time about the devil. The thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I've come that they might have life and rather have it more abundantly. You ever heard that scripture? John 10, 10. It's in the context of a shepherd. We try to pigeonhole that one verse, John 10, 10, to talk about the devil. And he is talking about the devil because ultimately he's talking about himself and the devil, but he's also talking about shepherds. He's also talking about if a shepherd or a voice comes into your sheepfold any other way than through the gatekeeper at the door, they have come to steal, they have come to kill, and they have come to destroy. This is the look of joy. This is the look of peace. And when this is over with, I'm going to get me something to eat, probably at, at Munoz, who knows, probably. That's our second campus. We all know that. And you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to drive around and look at pretty leaves. And I'm going to take pictures with my grandbaby. Well, she ain't going to get to go over. Never mind. I'm going to go with my family. But we're going to take pictures of leaves. And I'm going to get out and do selfies with my wife. And I'm at peace. And I'm going to sleep good tonight because I ain't preaching nothing that ain't biblical. And if you spend the rest of your day mad at me 
If you're watching online and you're sitting there fuming and you want to comment, you want to share, go ahead and bring it on. Bring the comments on. Bring it on. You need my number, I'll give you my number. But here's the reality. If you still tore up on it later on in the day, hmm, things will make it go, hmm. I wonder why. I got 15 minutes, I'm going to use it. Now, how does the voice of a stranger get in the sheepfold? From within. See, it's always going to be an inside job because the wolf will never try to come through the gate because they know they can't get through the gatekeeper. So they start, when the sheep comes out and they go out in the field, they're grazing the field, going out in the day, flipping through YouTube, scrolling through Facebook, while they're out there out of the sheepfold in the life, the wolf, it looks just like a sheep, will just sort of slide in there and start planting little seeds about the shepherd and about the sheepfold and about the gatekeeper and about the leaders and start talking about, hey, <laughs> y'all come to my sheepfold. My sheepfold, we'll let you do anything you want to do with my sheepfold. Let's let anything go with my sheepfold. Come on over in my sheepfold. My pastor, my pastor, my pastor, he'll never say no. Whatever, whatever you ask, his answer is always, yeah, 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 yeah. He'll, he'll never discipline. He'll never say, hold up, we need to pray about that. Slow down. He'll, oh, no, man, you can do anything you want to do with my sheepfold. Really? Really? You, you mean, you mean, y'all don't want me to say this stuff, don't you? You, you mean, you mean I could get some stage time? I get some stage time there. I've always thought I was supposed to have some stage time. Oh, but no, 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 no. no that's, that's not my sheepfold. That's not my sheepfold. And then they follow the shepherd back into the sheepfold. The gate gets locked. The gatekeeper stands guard. Everybody's, all the sheep laying down. But that one, it's laying in the middle and he can't sleep. Dreaming of the stage dreaming of what he thinks he deserves. Next time they go out, it's a little bit more subtle in the conversation of the other voices. And then eventually, the enemy, just like the snake in the garden, knows when it's time to seize. They had talked to each other in that garden for who knows how long. But there came a moment that Eve said something. And when she said it, it triggered the serpent to know Now's the time. And there'll be a moment of weakness, a moment of vulnerability, and a moment of judgment, a moment of offense, a moment of declaration of something against your shepherd that that sheep will, that's not really a sheep, it's really a, a wolf in sheep's clothing, will hear you take a shot at your covering and the door opens and they'll say, well, look, I know you're not the only one in there that feels the way you do. But you and I both know, we can't, I can't get in through the door. So I need you to help me get in. Gossip. 
yeah, yeah, begins to be a cut in the wall. And then one night while everybody's sleeping, the wolf that looks like a sheep makes it over the wall. And the next thing you know, sheepfold within the sheepfold, planning and plotting the great escape. See, that's the thing about a disgruntled sheep that makes it out of a sheepfold in anger. They find out very quickly that what they thought they were going to get was not enough. And they didn't get what they thought they was going to get. So subconsciously, without them even realizing it, or maybe even sub-spiritually, without even realizing it, the only satisfaction that can give them satisfaction in the decision that they make is to make sure more sheep come with them. To validate their decision. This is straight talk from a shepherd. So they begin to get disgruntled with the shepherd and they start listening to the other voices and they say everything that they want to hear and it evolves into things like this. Well, you know what? I, I tell you what, I love my church. I thank God for my church, but I'm just not feeling like I'm getting fed anymore. I just feel like I'm not getting fed anymore. I, I feel like I've sort of moved past where they're at. I, I've been watching YouTube videos and I now know how to deliver people. And I ain't seen nobody throw up in the altars there. So so I, I think I've I think I've evolved past that church because when I pray for people, they throw up now. Then it goes to things like, why does my pastor not see my gift? Why does my pastor not see the anointing on my life? You know what my pastor told me a long time ago? He said, son, if you've got to tell people you're anointed, you ain't anointed. And secondly, if you've got to keep telling people that you're anointed, who are you trying to convince? Taco's gonna be so good. It's gonna go down so I'm gonna sleep like a baby tonight, y'all. Slap your neighbor and tell you, you better listen to that man. He's preaching. Ooh, I heard somebody just got popped. I didn't mean that actually slapped the fire out of him. Some of you are like, I've been wanting to hit him. Y'all even know what he said to me this morning. Pastor told me. All right, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Eight minutes. Have I done, already done all my stuff that I'm supposed to do today? Yeah. So I'm good. Okay, all right. Now, this is the last thing I'm going to say to you. This is the part, you, this is the, uh, this is the part that, that's, that you're going to really chew on when you leave. Closing number seven. I want to address something that is local to this house. We have had several people leave our church lately. But this message today is not about that. This message is a shepherd trying to show you what is happening and what is coming. I promise you that. 
Someone say, well, you preach it on offense, but you're up there offended. I'm telling you right now, if you think this is offended preaching, you're not getting preaching. This is Bible preaching. If, listen, if people were to preach like this more, if pastors were to preach like this more, the world would not be in the condition that it's in. That's just the truth. So this message is nothing about it because I know it's going to be twisted in the fact that you, you're preaching this because some of the leaders have left the church, people have left the church. I, I love them. I'm not mad at them. I promise you there is absolutely nothing. These doors are open to them. They are family to us. In fact, everyone that's ever left our church, I feel the same exact way. I love them. Their doors are always open to them, and I speak no judgment on their life. My purpose is to shepherd who is still in the sheepfold. I'm not, come on. I'm not shepherding somebody else in another sheepfold. I don't have a right to. And if somebody's decided to leave this sheepfold and go to another sheepfold, I pray and declare and hope that they actually have a shepherd that will shepherd them. But those that are still here, I'm going to shepherd the ones that are here. Amen. So, now, my purpose in this message is bigger than this house. I pastor pastors. Do you understand that? I have pastors that look to me. I, that's, I, I, I'll be honest with you, it makes me a little comfortable with the, the title bishop. I didn't ask for it. They came to me with the title bishop because bishop means overseer. That's all that means. It just means that you oversee other pastors. I pastor several pastors. I don't even know how many pastors off the top of my head. I am... I am um, covering and I am overseers for several pastors set their salaries and different kinds of things in their churches. So I know my role as a pastor in this house, but my role as an apostolic leader in the body. So my purpose in this message in the messages to come is to call and shake up, not just the pastors, but now I want to make it personal to you, the gatekeepers. The gatekeepers are sitting in this house right now. The gatekeepers are in this house. You are the ones that many of you, I hope that all of you see that role, but there are certain leaders in this church that you need to take your position as a gatekeeper and quit thinking that your pastor is the gatekeeper. You need to protect the gate so your pastor can shepherd. You protect this house from strangers' voices. If you hear that some of the sheep that you know are supposed to be in here is listening to other strange, voice, strange voices in a loving way, you tell them, listen, we don't listen to strange voices in this house. That is not a cult statement. That is not, you can't listen to by us. I've already made it clear. Listen to people. Listen to 100,000 people. They don't all have to, you don't have to agree with me doctrinally on everything. We don't have to agree on the rapture. We don't have to agree. But let me tell you something. We do have to agree on the virgin birth. We have to agree on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But the truth is, if I am your shepherd, this is one thing we got to agree on. I'm your shepherd. I'm either your shepherd or I'm not. So I'm not so pious as to think I'm just going to read, read what I typed out, and then I'll be done. I'm, I'm going to try not to stop in, in the reading. <laughs> I'm not so pious to think that no one will ever leave this church and leave it because God has told them that it is time for them to move forward in another direction. But I can tell you without hesitation, I have been 
the shepherd of this sheepfold for almost 30 years. We have equipped, we have raised up, we have credentialed and empowered hundreds of fivefold ministry gifts. Many are in this church, many are pastoring, some are missionaries and evangelists and serving in other churches in our community, in our, in our world, and around the world. We have not been perfect, but in five buildings, 30 years, we've been a pillar in this community. We have never ventured between those five buildings more than 10 to 12 miles in a circle. And there has never been one accusation of scandal against this house. Not one. Not one. In the same town, same community, 30 years, not one. Not to say they won't come, not to say that things won't happen, but I can tell you the track record is. People can say what they want to say, but they, can, they have to say this. They've been in a 10-mile radius for 30 years, and I've never heard anything bad about that church other than that preacher will offend you sometimes. This house has been a house of integrity. This house has had many gatekeepers over the years. But for 29 years, there's been one shepherd. This house has a familiar voice. This house, the sheep know this voice of their shepherd. This house has an accessible voice. For those of you that don't think you can get with me and talk with me, it's because you're operating out of feelings and I couldn't meet with you right after church. How about this? You can't meet with your doctor anytime you want to. I know I'm your shepherd and your pastor. Why do you get offended because I asked you to set an appointment? That doesn't mean your pastor's not accessible. That means your pastor is shepherding a lot more people than just you. So if someone has been called by God to leave this sheepfold, there is no way. There is no way that God would override the way of the shepherd and the way of the sheep to leave. They need to leave with the blessings of the shepherd. And do you know that over the years, there has never been anyone meet with me and tell me that it was time for them to leave, that at some point in that conversation, even if I was trying to tell them, I, want, I don't want you to leave, I want you to stay, and I realized it's inevitable, they're leaving. But the fact that they did it the right way They've never, they've never heard me say, I don't bless you. They've, I've, they've heard me say, well, you know what? I might disagree with it, but I appreciate the fact of how you did it. We speak blessings over your life. Let's pray for you right now. And we bless them because they did it the right way. What that means is the gate, they went out the gate and they let the shepherd lead them out. And at the very least, now you're positioned to be used by God. But if you climb the wall, and follow the voice of the, of the stranger. I've got news for you. The grass is not greener on the other side. And that same spirit that caused you to climb the wall here, you're going to climb the wall there. If another voice causes you or doesn't advise you to take this route, they are a stranger, they are a thief, they are a robber, and they are a wolf in sheep's clothing. That doesn't negate your responsibility. The stranger's voice may not know that you haven't done things correctly. But when they know you have left the sheepfold, they have an obligation to make sure you left the right way. Especially 
if you were a gatekeeper of the house. I mean, it's the responsibility of the sheep to leave the right way. But if you've been given keys to the gate and you've been a leader, you ought to know you ought to leave the right way. I'm done. Wow, what a word. What a word. I'm telling you, I know I preached it, but it was a download from heaven. And I hope you stayed to the end. And I hope that it helped you see that there's a target on your back and there's a target on the back of your pastor. So pray for your pastor, lift up your pastor. And, uh, you know, you can see at Solid Rock Church, we we are not afraid to say the hard things. So keep us in your prayers. Don't forget, smash that like button if you had not already done that. Uh, and if you're watching anywhere else, Facebook, Rumble, wherever this might end up being, that you share it uh, any way you possibly can share it. Don't forget to go to our website, choose to become a partner to help us. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. We ain't woke, but we certainly are awake. Thank you for joining us on this very special word, Straight Talk from a Pastor. See you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Big Picture Podcast. We hope it helped you, encouraged you, and empowered you. Please consider leaving us a review on your app of choice and share with family and friends. And remember, we ain't woke, but we are certainly awake.